Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate in 2003 nike signed 13 year old freddie adu to a seven-figure contract but freddie didn't live up to the hype he is turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are gonna look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host joined by my co-hosts, Nick and Dan. Gentlemen, uh, we're back from the international break, which I think some people might be a little surprised there's a break based on the amount of content we put out. Um, But... Premier League action is back, so we're excited to to get into it a little bit. Um, but we got to go right into it, Dan. Three word match review: set the stage, set the attitude, set the scene. Yeah, there's a couple good ones. There were some pretty common themes, so like you know, stop the count when we went top of the table for <laughs> all of thirty minutes, uh, sixty minutes, ninety minutes. So, but I think there were there were a few in here that were worthy of some some note yeah jay on on our discord rev rev room referenced to timo's two misses and the breakaway thought that was clever you know we had our boy simon with almost total control tana with newcastle no hassle uh ramuder with allied saint maximum huh huh no, 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 I, didn't didn't get the nick. Uh, but I think really there were a couple that were talking about the best player on the pitch yesterday. No surprising goal with Conte. Ryan with Conte teach that, right? Okay. Then Jay with Mui Impor Conte player. Oh my god! <laughs> I've never uh, seen it translated to Spanish before. That's good. Yeah, that was clever. Uh, our, and then we had uh, Andy, who will get a special shout out because he said, perfect wedding gift. He was getting married in six hours. And he's, as he responded to the tweet, which, you know, good pre-wedding activity, tweeting. And then I said, guess it's got to be something blue for my wife to be. So he was able to gift her the something blue, which was a Chelsea win. There you go. Congratulations to Andy. Just what she was looking for. Glad yep. they could deliver for your, <laughs> your now wife. So congratulations, Andy, to you and the new bride. Uh, glad you're able to ring in the wedding day with all three points. Uh, because I forgot to say, this was the new. This is the Newcastle match review. So that's what we're going to be covering today. Uh, specifically, that Angolo Conte is back at his very best. Was he ever gone? I don't know. We can talk about that uh, and how it helps our other midfielders. And then we'll talk about the continued development of our TNT dynamite partnership of Tammy and Timo. And lastly, we'll take a look at the continued comfort Mendy and Zuma are finding in our defense because everyone else is quite uncomfortable. So uh, as we get into it, thank you times. We owe gratitude and appreciation on Patreon. For those of you that joined Matt, David, a huge upgrade from Kyle. So double shout out for you, sir. John and Austin, welcome to the club. Uh, Glad you joined 
as the international break wrapped up. Much more content and buzz there. Dan, Apple Podcast Reviews. Yeah, we've got a couple coming back. Movio, Gal, Jeliso, Jeliso Lol. It's a weird one. Anyway, Raz, Nana, Abarente, Marky, 1987. And there was one from Lord of Alpacas who wanted to give us a six-star review, wanted to break the code of Apple Podcasts, but he said he saw Nick's mustache and he couldn't do it. He gave up his or her pursuit. So you know what? Thank you to everyone who left an amazing five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Helps other people find the show. So if you haven't done it before, uh, we'd be very thankful this week of thanks to, you know, ah. get a little five-star love. Yeah. Um, look, first of all, it just sounds like Lord of Alpacas is a quitter. Um, and this mustache, <laughs> don't quit. So what are you going to do? It, it hasn't. Uh, nope. Thankfully, you contain it nicely at the perimeter of your mouth. Uh, otherwise, it might just take over everything. <laughs> just <laughs> Sam Elliott, that thing. All right, Nick, enough with the feet dragging. We have an announcement. Remember 400 episodes ago when we announced our 500th episode <laughs> giveaway? We've got winners. Yeah, look, guys, um, I, will, I will be the first to admit this took longer than we expected. So I apologize to everyone who's been waiting on pins and needles for the announcement. Uh, we had hundreds of qualified entries for our 500 contest, which would make sense, right? You know, we're in the hundreds range now uh, with episodes. So uh, very excited. We read through all of these as a team, and there were just some absolutely incredible submissions. You guys really left it all out on the field. Uh, we are super pumped uh, to announce the winners, but just wanted to say thank you to everyone who took a minute to submit these things. I mean, it, when you do 500 episodes, it's easy to forget about some of the little things along the way, some of the unique kind of moments that we've had. We had more love for the Game of Thrones series in the in these entries than I ever thought possible and Brandon so cringes about. Um, stuff like that where it's like, oh, man, I didn't know that that actually impacted you that much. That, that was cool. So uh, thank you guys so much for, for doing that. We, we do want to say, even if you didn't win in this round, we we're planning to do more of these throughout the season. So there'll be more opportunities to win stuff. And we just want to continue to get back because you guys are incredible. So, uh, without further ado, uh, these are the five people who, if they hear their name should in the same medium that they submitted their entry, contact us and we can work out all the shipping, all the details, all the whatever's right. Yeehaw, our man from Singapore, of all places. Really cool. Um, Pablo Federico Sainz, he wrote his entire email, which is about 90 paragraphs long in, in prose, which is incredible. Uh, and, and we may find a way to publish that because it's it's nuts. Ricky, W25, uh, he's on Instagram and Discord. Uh, so kind of a, a two for one there. Ricky left us a really nice note. Chloe Rizzle. Um, one of my favorite names from these unidentified <laughs> naming conventions from Instagram. And then one of our favorite people, Kate on Discord, left a really nice note as well. Uh, you guys are incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so true. Uh, the amount of messages we got uh, definitely puts our podcasting in a different perspective uh, just to see all the different ways it connects with all of you. Um, and look, it's mutual. We feel quite the connection uh, going out as much as you have coming in. So, mm -hmm. uh, again, just a huge thank you. We couldn't be happier to be able to give away five vapor kits uh, to you guys around the world, which um, is is crazy to think that that's where we're at. But we are, and we're going to do more. So, again, if you submitted, didn't win, thank you. We'll have more contests coming up. Um, well, Brandon, and, just uh, remind him that 600 is not that far away. <laughs> honestly, I don't even know where we're at right now. Between 500 and now, we're like half the way there. This is, so. this is 515. So, all right. Yeah. So we're we're, we're definitely on the way to 600. So hashtag road to 600. And we have mo <laughs> we have more stuff coming up. Like it's we're true. we're gonna be doing some more stuff. So just hang tight. But you guys are incredible, and thank you for for taking the time. All right. Well, it is match review time. It was Newcastle United in the Premier League this past Saturday on the 21st of November, and it was at 
I, I mean, you, you want me to read this, Dan? You can. It's just my impression of Newcastle and the fact they've been a bogey team for quite some time that I think St. James's Park is, in fact, a hellhole on Earth. Okay. so we But we, we can't wait to go the next time we're over. <laughs> <laughs> so we played there, and the score was Newcastle nil, Chelsea 2. So we're going to kick it over to friends at Chelsea and the fifth standout for the highlights. Uh, let's get the goals run back, Jake, and we'll meet you on the other side. Chelsea are gathering some serious momentum this autumn. We shall see if this year's final international break has in any way put the brakes on. There's no reason to suspect it will, but this season, above all seasons, who knows? Walker touch. Chilwell wins it, and Werner is off here. Timo Werner! That's a really good stop from Carl Darlow. Tammy Abraham, head in hands, Carl Darlow. He's only been in the side for a month. Ziyech, it's Mount putting in yeah. a brilliant ball this time. It's an own goal. Or did Chilwell get the touch? Either way, it's surely 1-0. That's a good start, isn't it? Ten, ten minutes in. Here he is again, into Abraham. Great chance for Werner for two. Oh, it should have been. It really should have been. He can't believe it. San Maxima is there, trying to work the angle for the shot, and that's really well defended. Zuma kept him honest. Towering Kurt Zuma head up. And from Mason Mount, and there is Kurt Zuma. Clive Walker, the Oracle. And stuff again. That's neatly played. That could break anywhere. Great chance. Isaac Hayden misses. Before the break, off goes Werner. And look at him go. And still going, he's got Tammy Abraham with him for 2 0. Yes. yes! There's the cushion. Timo Werner hasn't brought his own shooting boots today, but he's done absolutely brilliantly there. And Chelsea's lead is doubled. Almiron, to Longstaff. Ambitious and brilliant. What a strike that is. Well done, Mason Mount again, winning that off Andy Carroll. Through for Werner. Surely this time, Timo Werner, 3 0. No, it's not. Back up this time. On your left foot, a little bit of confidence, maybe. Job done again, and another win for this really promising Chelsea team. Newcastle nil, Chelsea two. All right, that's right. Those are the highlights from the Chelsea Fisting It Up, the only official app out there. They post everything there first, all right? So if you're waiting for highlights to come out on YouTube, Twitter, they're not coming out there. They're going to the app first, so get it downloaded. Uh, we didn't have any score correct score predictions. I don't think we did it. I think we kind of rolled in this one gentleman on vacation on Friday. And we're Friday. all right. We, yeah. we got it. You know, it, it's okay. We, we couldn't get everything uh, restarted uh, over this break. So, Dan, run us through the lineup. I'll hit the stats, and we'll let Nick cover expected goals. Just the usual. Yeah, so Mendy between the sticks, of course, the man, the myth, the legend. We had a pairing of Antonio Rudiger and Kurt Zuma in the central defense with Ben Chilwell and Rich James on the flanks. Golo Kante, Mateo Kovacic, and Mason Mount were our midfield trio. And then it was Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, and Tammy Abraham as our front three. The bench included unused substitutes who kept Aretha Blaga, Andreas Christensen, Cesar Aspilicueta, Jorginho, and used substitutes of Emerson, Olivier Giroud, and Callum Hudson-Odoi. Just remember that Silva was not available due to the short turnaround traveling back from Brazil from international duty. And then Havertz was still getting back up to speed after testing positive and having COVID. Guys, best news of the entire week. There's not another international break until March. Yeah. We did it. Uh, Yes. I thought you were going to say it was Kai Havertz's puppy, which is adorable. Yeah. Also, also great news, but, but no, no more frivolous international travel for meaningless matches until March when things will most certainly be better. Fingers crossed. Uh, I'm sorry, Dan, who did you say was in the midfield with Kovacic and Mount? N'Golo Kante? No. Maybe World Cup winner and captain N'Golo mm. Kante? Mm-hmm. Captain <sighs> Kante. All right? Say it like you mean it, Dan. I was surprised. But when you look at the lineup, it made a lot of sense, right? Definitely the most senior player in that team. Uh, leads with his ferocious tackling ability not well, his it's voice. so loud you know that he, he always yelling always directing people but again he, he leads by example you know and and with his 
his character on the pitch. So uh, loved seeing N'Golo Kante wearing the captain's armband because I know he was probably hating it inside. Uh, having to lead the team out of the tunnel. That's probably not the way he wanted to start his afternoon on Saturday. He activated captain mode. We'll get into that. Oh, absolutely, which we might need to make a change. Uh, Top line stats, Chelsea with a meager 71% possession. We had 14 shots, only three of them on target, to Newcastle's eight with their one on target. We had shy of 1,000 touches, shy of 750 passes. Uh, 13 tackles, 25 clearances to their 23 clearances. Uh, we got out cornered 7 to 4, Edge Newcastle. Um, a couple offsides apiece, no cautions, so maybe we're getting a little too nice, which we can talk about. And we conceded 12 fouls to their 11. All right, Nick, last stat, and then we'll get into the the discussions. But it's expected goals from at Kaylee underscore graphics. It's my. It's my favorite part of the show, the XG, you know. I don't know how else to get you involved right now unless you have to read a stat. Uh, um, Newcastle's XG, as as you might expect from a match of uh, such supreme quality from them, uh, 0.4, which is, is not going to quite get you to the one that you needed. Um, nope. And Chelsea's was 1.8 plus one own goal. So essentially, Dan's saying that we, we might have – overperformed our XG this week-ish. We were there thereabouts. Yeah. That that would be accurate. But finishing is is the thing that we'll we'll tell you. I mean, if you look at the map, we should post these maps or retweet Kaylee Graphics more. Uh there there are plenty, plenty, plenty of chances in, in our map to score. Yeah, and admin. Nick doesn't have access to that. S- <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so stupid. All right. Hey, let's kick it off with Captain Conte back at his best at Statman Dave. Uh, giving us a little rundown of some numbers to summarize Ingola Conte's day out versus Newcastle United. Uh, six tackles attempted, ranked first. Four tackles won, ranked first. Three interceptions, ranked first. Doing what he does best, fist emoji, France flag emoji. And at ESPNFC, who... Let's be honest, their their tweet game is probably much better than their pundit game. At or Angolo Conte is out here making no look tackles, uh, and they have a photo of <coughs> excuse me Angolo Conte having his shirt pulled above his head as he pulls the ball from between the Newcastle's players' legs. Um, dude can't stop, cannot quit. Nick, you hate the man. You've never been a big fan of Angolo Conte. It's not like you've said he's your favorite player since Michael Essien, if I'm quoting you correctly. Uh, dude had himself a day. Yeah, it, this was uh, this was pretty special. Uh, like, I, I'm glad. What I was glad for yesterday is I was watching the match, and of course it's early, so maybe you're not as as tuned in as you would be if it were like an 11:30 match. But I was looking on the time on, on my Twitter timeline, and I just kept seeing, "Oh my God, Conte! Wow, Conte! What an incredible performance by Conte!" And there was so much other stuff to focus on for the match. I was, I was just like, I've curated my Twitter timeline appropriately. We have a bunch of people who are paying attention to the midfield maestro just doing the business. And uh, I was I was really happy about that because I don't I don't know since he, like since he started playing this like deeper role if we've seen him as dominant as he was in like the Conte pairing when he could just kind of run around and suffocate, you know, and, and, and had someone like Nemanja Matic or Fabregas or someone else to clean up the mess. If, if he got into a tough spot, which of course he rarely does uh, because it turns out that he's a really good footballer and our only world-class footballer. Um, so besides all that, he's terrible um, and shouldn't be playing much. But the, the point I would make on this is, the I think the whole connection between him and the backline Dan is becoming more comfortable. There's it, there's less unknown between those guys than there was six months ago. Mendy obviously helps. Chowell obviously helps. Zuma becoming a consistent seven point five or eight a week helps a lot. Rudiger, you know, doing the right things most of the time helps a lot. Like you have a, a sudden Reese James who's developing and Angola probably doesn't feel the need to be sucked in close to them all the time to prevent something. Instead, he's out wheeling and dealing. And that's what you saw yesterday. And he was a swashbuckler yesterday. That, that pitch was his and he was 
mainly leasing it to Newcastle. You know, he's collecting rent for because <laughs> he owns it. It was it was a joy. It was a delight to watch him at that level that we know he is capable of. And we had to suffer through a season last year where N'Golo Conte was playing just about 50% of the matches that he was available for. And now we're seeing N'Golo Conte do this on international duty for France. He had a mm-hmm. phenomenal game and, you know, had a wonderful N'Golo Conte goal celebration where he doesn't know what to do when he scores and comes back and leads our team out as the captain leads our team through his actions on the pitch. And I think the point that you rightfully called upon, Nick, is actually, I actually think it's the inverse. It's not that N'Golo Conte doesn't feel that he has to do as much. I think where he's being played positionally has made a couple of other players better, most importantly, like Rudiger, where he maybe doesn't have to worry as much. And so he gets the beneficiary of that. And then also the person behind them in Edouard Mendy helps the defense feel a little more comfortable. So like building from the back, it really allows Conte, I think, Brandon, to have the ability to just do what he does and destroy worlds. Dreams, worlds, aspirations, ambitions, pretty pretty much anything Newcastle wanted to do yesterday. Uh, I mean, I think he destroyed their takeover bid as well. I mean, everything <laughs> Newcastle had going for them. He just bought them. Just, just demolished. Bought him. He went into the uh, boardroom and was like, look, guys, I think I'm going to just take it from here. Thanks. Can you imagine? I just, and that is a hostile takeover from N'Golo Conte, <laughs> the nicest man on the on earth. Uh, look, I, I've I've said some things uh, this summer. I have <clears> gone on the I've gone on the record uh, saying that they were dumb. All right, uh, with more evidence based um, evidence, I have changed my opinions mm. for the better. Obviously, the old evidence based evidence. Yes, it's it's factual that way. Um, <laughs> and I think because last season was so bad for him off the pitch with the injuries, you did kind of forget, and this is a, an issue all of us fans do, just how good he was. You know, Maritza Sarri kind of ran him into the ground his last season, you know, but there was a payoff, right? You, you top four, uh, trophy, you know, it, it wasn't without end results, but it totally wiped out a lot of things that probably Frank wanted to do last season. And so seeing Angola Conte back healthy at his best and think about that it took him a year to get here you know with all these injuries and things he's good and I like the fact that we're able to you know kind of keep him in a in a in a role that he's most comfortable with he doesn't need to go forward that much because you know he knows that the guys in the midfield with him are happy to go forward all right this is like the perfect pairing and Conte saying uh yeah Kovacic Mount you you guys go do that uh, I'll just pick up around here and that's where he's happy but if he's told he needs to get forward and get into the box he'll do it but it's not where he's most comfortable so again just seeing him back in his natural habitat hunting prey in the middle of the park getting the ball and then immediately giving it to one of our our attacking dynamic players that's what he wants to do and he shined I mean it's pretty simple right like you know how to get the best out of N'Golo Conte. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's balance. It's also the fact that you have Mason, who's a willing runner, who we'll talk about in a, in a minute. You have uh, yesterday Kovacic, who's a willing runner, who he doesn't need to run the length of the pitch every move, right? And so ideally, in a perfect world, that would save him. Now, the, the problem that we have is that we still uh, do not have a – like for like substitution for him because there isn't a another him on earth. So you, you have to, you know, what, what I think we all worry about is, is the recurring injury thing. And, you know, I think Frank has to make some really conscious decisions coming up in the next handful of months when we're going to be playing two or three matches a week um, th- that he's just going to have to find rest points for N'Golo Conte. There just has to be, there's no player on earth that could do what he's doing at the level he's doing it and play 65 matches straight. It just does not happen. I mean, you won't get him on the training pitch at all because it's just going to be full recovery. You know, and I think mm-hmm. 
that's probably something that maybe is missed. But like the 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 staff, while you want to play and give these guys ample time to recover, you want them on the training pitch. You know, to work on formations, work on set pieces. You know, you can only get so much out of the film room and some things like that. So yeah, I, you know, it's very important um, that that Frank continues to get this right. Um, Billy Gilmore's coming back. He's not as much of a tackler, but I think they're trying to mold him into that kind of deep-lying uh, midfield area. Um, so that's great that we have some depth. And Billy played today with the, the Dev squad, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got a bunch of good minutes today, scored a goal. Uh, so, again, depth in that key. Was it Tweeds who was saying that's why he's most worried about the 4-3-3 not being sustainable? It was him or Yan who said that because without N'Golo Kante, you, you have to change formation. And that's why I think Frank likes to have the 4-2-3-1 in his back pocket to go to. Um, but we'll see. I'm not sure about that. I, I, like Jorginho played in a 4-3-3 his entire career. Not the same, obviously. Correct. And I think there's a, a huge difference in the way that he plays versus the way N'Golo Kante plays. But, you know, th- that is a potential solution. Not saying it's the preferred solution because the preferred solution involves old number seven, but um, that it, it is a worry for me because you see what great can be. And we all have identified each player this season, by the way, has shown us at some level what great can be. Mm-hmm. And you imagine if you can string these guys together to have three or four doing great things at once instead of just one or two what the results could be, Dan. And it's like the results hinge on these players being available. Yes, but... I think there's a, a little bit of a caveat that we can put in there because this match we also didn't have Thiago Silva. Mm-hmm. We didn't have Kai Havertz. So we're Pulisic. seeing yeah. Pulisic is still out. Um, so we're seeing that this team is capable of, you know, in, in spats, right? And again, Newcastle is not the best team in the Premier League. They were out Callum Wilson, who probably would have been the one to score against us if he was playing. You know, it, we're able to weather some of these storms of player unavailability. That puts us in the position where we can really have that in Nick's three favorite words. Why not us? You know, is something that we can potentially bridge to when the team is fully healthy. I do think the concern around Angola Conte and long term fitness is always going to be a question. And it seems as if. Frank and the medical team have found a way to make sure that he maintains his health and fitness. And that's the most important thing, at least right now. All right. I want to touch on Mason Mount, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. A thank you to these sponsors for supporting the show financially. Uh, we've got a lot more talking Tammy and Timo, Dan's terrible TNT dynamite thing. That all, all is happening. Talking about how defense wins championships and obviously uh, a look ahead, but, uh, A real quick break, and we'll be right back. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. That's the Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven balls. Look, they sent us one. I have it. I actually love it. I use it. I've had other ones. They suck. This one is significantly better. Uh, than the ones I've had. So trust me, I've used it and I can endorse this Weed Whacker. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor power 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances trimming experience and it is waterproof, which makes it easy operation and cleaning the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use i mean have you ever pulled out your nose hair before with your fingers it hurts and it's worse than nicking your balls manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene yes you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that those long nose hairs is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker, get 20% off, and free shipping with the code LONDONISBLUE at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed along with the hairs and the holes looking nice. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code LONDONISBLUE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code LONDONISBLUE blue it helps us it helps you it helps them what are you waiting for go whack your weeds 
Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. That's a lot. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Okay, a little nod for Mason Mount, who had himself quite an enjoyable England international break. We obviously talked to Matt Law quite a bit about that, Dan, this new Mason versus Grealish debate when Matt and I think a lot of Chelsea fans are saying, why not both? Um, had a great international break. I think won some England fans I see over. see that little, that little kid meme. Why not both? Yeah. And he's continued his fine form. The minutes don't seem to be affecting him. We know he's a high-energy player. Um, and he, like I said, just clearly seemed to not skip any beats coming back from England duty to Chelsea duty. Yeah, I think there's a player next on the list. If we go, N'Golo Conte has the best engine on the team. Mason is probably right there behind him. Timo would probably also be there too, considering just how many ridiculous full-speed runs he makes. But you know, Mason uh, gets the... the you know, sort of gets the credit for an assist on the own goal for whipping that ball into the box. And I think uh, Newman actually on, on Twitter took the screen caps of it and kind of really talked about the the kick routine there where he dishes out to, to Ziesch, was offside, manages to bring himself back onside so that he becomes available again to give the man advantage because now he's unmarked and can whip it into the box. And Ben Chilwell was a few inches off from making that his goal, which, uh, you know, to the disappointment of many people who own him in fantasy premier league, ultimately Mason had a really good game, continued to show continues to show immense value and why he should continue to play. And he's doing it in a position that suits him better. The challenge that we saw at the beginning of the season is that when you try to play him all over the pitch, it creates this really awkward narrative. And, you know, that thankfully, I think Nick feels like it's been put to bed because Mason is cast in the right light now. He's playing a position that suits him better. He even played, you know, that that deep lying position for England during during the break. And so if we talk about maybe is there someone who can backfill or deputize like, yeah, it might not be the perfect thing, but Mason's continuing to show flexibility, poise, grace, and just, you know, being an absolute menace to the opposition. Yeah. I mean, you think about where he played yesterday, like Kai Havertz would normally play that role, <laughs> right? Like you have, you have players like Ziyech who are more than happy to come into that space. And yet he, he made it work, you know, not only did he do a ton of chasing and a ton of closing down, which I, I give the entire front six credit for, because there was a lot of a lot of high press. Tammy did a lot of running yesterday too, but he also made some key passes um, that I, I think helped to open up the, you know, it was a back ten again. I mean, this this was not for as slick as Chelsea were passing the ball yesterday. This was not as easy as Burnley. This was not as easy as Sheffield United to break them down. Um, and while we should have five or six goals out of this match, um, you know, because of a, a poor finishing record, uh, I think Mason did help control the tempo and seemed to me to be in control of of where he was on the pitch and, and adapting to another new role. I mean, Brandon, this is a guy that makes other people's jobs easier. And I don't think enough can be said about someone like that. You know, there's all the great like point guards in the NBA make everybody's job on the on the floor easier, right? 
not whether it's directing traffic, whether it's passing the open guy, we you know, seeing someone who's open who who may not be you know kind of to the naked eye open, like that that kind of that kind of utility is so so useful when everybody else is like a specialist. Uh, Mason, uh, he definitely was feeling the Kai Albert story yesterday because obviously between him and Kovacic, he's much more uh, dynamic. Yeah, able in attacking positions even. Uh, so at Statman David, his second appearance today, saying Mason Mount's game by numbers versus Newcastle United, 92% pass accuracy, 34 final third passes, uh, four ball recoveries, three chances created to Nick's point, two tackles, one, two fouls, one, two shots, and should have had one goal. Uh, just scuffed that shot there that had a great chance. Uh, it says there's a reason every manager seems to love him. Uh, and I think that that is definitely being echoed through a lot of it. And his heat map is wild for someone who's playing center mid he was literally a strip across the middle of the field. He has it all covered. He's out on the right flank. He's even found himself in the box a couple of times. He even found himself all the way in the left corner of the pitch in our defensive third. Uh, he literally was everywhere. Um, and I, th- I think you can make a really good point, too, about his his crossing and his delivery from set pieces this year. It's just better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, Holistically, between him and Ziyech, Brandon, they are like we're putting threatening balls into the box on set pieces where we didn't at all last year. Yes, I think to just touch on that, Ziesh can activate his left foot on de- command, and it is amazing. I mean, because he can from standstill hit a ball 65 yards from one flank to the other, and that is not easy to do. Uh, Mason's delivery on set pieces as well has been fantastic, so to have a right footer and a left footer that you have to prepare a plan for an in-swinger and out-swinger on everything. It just makes Chelsea so much more dynamic. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking that Ziesh cross to, to Tammy in my head right now. I, I will say that I the last thing on Mason is my calculus on him from, like, a number of goals per season probably decreases just with way where he's playing and the fact that Tammy... Timo, Havertz, when he comes back healthy, Ziesh are probably going to absorb a little bit of that more. I think it's not necessarily a... But I, I do think he's still someone where you would expect a double-digit goal contributions, goals plus assist, would be kind of a, a, you know where he needs to be. But in general, I think he's going to achieve that without any issue given our strikers. All right. So the next area of the, the match we want to talk about is, is Tammy and Timo. It's Tammy's world. We're just living in it, huh, Dan? Is that what you is that what you think here? Uh, at Opta Joe says twenty three since the start of last season. Tammy Abraham has scored twenty three goals in all competitions, eleven more than any other Chelsea player slotted. Uh, and then you've got Timo, right? Uh, the on pitch influencer saying eleven. Timo Werner has been directly involved in eleven goals in his last ten appearances in all competitions for Chelsea. Eight goals, three assists. Dynamic. I mean, Dan, if you get to choose Tammy or Timo to to start this conversation, you're going left, you're going right. Going Tammy, you're going Timo. I think you have to go Tammy. I think you have to talk about Tammy, who many people, I think including us, when we were writing down our starting 11s for the season, you know, had Christian on the left, we had Timo playing centrally, we had Ziesh on on the right, and some of that is correct because when they were healthy, that's what we were were doing. But now with Christian out, Tammy has come in to that number nine position. Timo's been out on the flanks on the left, and I think yesterday, you know, maybe not initially because we were in that first fifteen twenty minutes, kind of really trying to play through Newcastle. When they the second half, I think we really got to see what happens when a team that wants to come back and actually wants to play football, uh, how they can get torn apart a little bit by our attack. Tammy's holding up the ball extremely well. He's making fantastic runs. He's coming back to win it from a, a deep position and play it off to others. And he's also scoring and he's scored in his, his last three matches. He's assisting, you know, this is exactly what you want. And, you know, I think they're, was all this excitement, you know, when, you know, people were talking about, oh, Chelsea are going to go buy Holland next and he's going to be the next edition. And we're just going to be, you know, this super club, absolutely, you know, with bundles of talent. But we're looking past a 
Cobham born and bred striker in Tammy Abraham, who is continuing to remind people, hey, I'm actually not done yet. I'm not the finished article. I'm still growing. I'm still developing. And oh, by the way, I'm going to make others better around me, too. So anything that I'm being asked of or challenged, same as we saw last season when he didn't have that great run of form to start the season, Frank kept the faith and Tammy delivered. Tammy waited, bided his time until Christian was out. And I actually think, and this was a conversation we were having with our boy, Mike Ryan Ruiz, Nick, I don't think Christian walks back into the starting 11 because Tammy and Timo have kind of locked it up at the moment because we're getting results. We're winning with significant goal margin and we're continuing to convert, maybe not at the level in this match, but we also play a team that wanted to kind of control defensively. So yeah, you talk. Um, I, I'm really just happy for him. I, I know that's not like a, a you know, statistical An analysis. analysis of, uh, but Hottest like take on the show ever. Yeah. I'm happy for the guy, <laughs> you know, great guy. Um, no, I just, like, I, I think he would have been frustrated that he didn't finish the amazing ball that Ziyech put in, in the first half. I mean, like, Go watch that ball 10 times, and I don't know if you find a better pass on the pitch. It is insane the dime that he put that on, and like any slight directional movement of his head, either direction, and that ball goes into the back of the net like a bullet. So I think think he could have been forgiven for being a little frustrated that that didn't get finished and that he had a couple of other half chances, that Timo didn't finish the assist that he put on a plate for him, all that kind of stuff. And they just kept grinding yesterday. It, it was a grind offensively. It was not a perfect performance. Clearly, this team didn't finish the myriad of chances that they created for themselves. But at the end, when Timo does, you know, the one solo run he did all match, where he really he took it to him, Tammy did the only thing that he could, and he made himself available in space to get the ball. He even pointed where he would have liked the ball, and Timo put it right there. And then he finished it really well. He finished it near post, Brandon. And to me, that's a sign of confidence because there wasn't a lot of room there. Banged it in off the post and looked confident as hell doing it. And maybe to Dan's point, in a you know, if you if you had one match to play, this lineup's working for you. I think that instead of talking about each of them individually, they are a package deal right now. If you looked at where they played on the pitch, it was those two together and then Ziyech on the wing. I mean, Timo really was not playing left wing. But the amount of combinations and the times they looked for each other, I think that's what really stood out to me was a lot of the intent and the attempts of them literally being like, hey, just get it to one of us and we're just going to one-two this back line. Like, we're going to connect. We're going to, you know, Timo's running across Tammy. You know, like you said, Tammy's running, making angles if Timo's coming in with the ball. They just look to combine. I mean, they literally look like a front two right now. And then when you have Ziyech on the wing, able to, you know, put unbelievably dangerous crosses out there, that does stretch the defense out. Um, And especially with Newcastle's back three, they're looking to, you know, create angles and advantages, and they did. So I think that I know a lot of people are saying, oh, what about when Pulisic comes back and, you know, and Kai is back and all these changes. I don't think you change too much right now. You know, I think that you look at those as blessings saying, great, we our bench just got a lot deeper. You do change it because of the amount of matches. But I guess my point was like, if right. you had only one match to play, right? right? When it when it ain't fixed, you don't broke it, right? Wow, that was awful. Boy. Oh, come on, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> Everyone, but, but, we're going to cut that clip. <laughs> but I, I think the point that you actually made just a second ago, Brandon, was really astute in the way that they were converging together on the pitch. And they drew all the defenders centrally, and that created more space on the wings for Chilwell, for James, for Mason, for Ziesh to find goodness there which was really wonderful because, you know, A, Tammy and Timo both have strong ball control, particularly Timo at speed just has incredible ball control, you know, needed maybe to weight his passes a little heavier at times or add a little less sauce on him, but in general is able to move with the ball at speed. 
And that allowed them to really create the additional space we needed to break down what was a, a really you know, tough Newcastle for the first part. And I, and I will say, defensively, which we'll get into, there wasn't a whole lot of work to do today. So, the, like, Timo and Tammy were able to kind of set up camp uh, in the opposition third. And I think, you know, not every match is going to be like the last three, like Burnley, like Sheffield United, like Newcastle. We're going to, there are going to be more dynamic matches that we have to play. I think we just are a little bit fortunate that we've encountered some not so good opposition over the last handful of weeks. But uh, the the reason why you think about it, you know, bringing in different personnel is because there will be more chasing to do defensively uh, at some point. And, and, and to the point of, you know, oh, Timo should have had a brace, Tammy could have more. Like, thankfully, this was the right match for us to come back to at the end of the day could we have scored more yes but as you kind of alluded to it we're about to get there the mentality is different defensively we're not leaking goals we're not like apparently one nothing is enough with this team where last season you kind of needed three and then it was 50 50 if you're going to get a draw or or, or a victory um so uh, again we kind of touched on it what do you do when people come back tammy's See, keep his place. I think we're all emphatic saying yes. Keep it as is. Run, he's run. scoring. Yeah, and he's and he's involved. I mean, he is assisting. We've seen. We've heard Giroud's comments. I think Giroud's comments back the fact of how he recognizes how well Tammy is doing, and that his chances are going to be very limited. Um, but you run this play until it, it, for whatever reason, doesn't work. Obviously, if you need to change tactically for Europe or one of the top teams. But this, the way the movement is going and the chemistry that these guys are building, I would love to continue to see Tammy and Timo as much as possible. And obviously, you rotate as needed. But this is a fantastic partnership um, that, yeah, a lot of us didn't predict. So kudos, kudos to Tammy for forcing his way into the team and making himself uh, a dynamic player in a way that we hadn't seen before. And I'm hoping that Timo regains his shooting boots because I'm not concerned. The, the opportunities he had yesterday were, were guilt edge for him. They should have been easy for him. And obviously you can have an off day. Everybody will forgive him. He's more than contributed this year. This is not like a, Oh man, I'm really worried about Timo. But for, for him, that little setup that Tammy gave him yesterday is a perfect encapsulation of what could happen this year with an off runner from a kind of a holdup striker. That could be a move that we deploy at any point in a game. And I know he's going to bang those in, but that was on a plate for him. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, he, he has set the high standard for himself. So you'd expect that. That's fair. Uh, there's actually an article or quotes from Mason after the match saying that he even told Timo coming off the pitch at halftime, he's like, you have to have those. He's like, you do that every day in training. And then, of course, Mason is his layer. He's like, damn it, I had to have that. <laughs> <laughs> and then but, Timo comes over and says, uh, hey, hey, Mason, what's up, man? <laughs> but to Mason's point was they're holding themselves to a higher level than they did last season. And he's like, and that's what we have to do. We have to have this mentality of, you know, absolutely. Gotta be killers. Exactly. Absolute elite, elite. Don't let that pass. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the fact that uh, some people say defense wins championships. Um, it's kind of a recurring theme. Another clean sheet, right? Um, they did hit the woodwork. They did hit the frame. But at the end of the day, Mendy just kind of hung out. But what Mendy has going for him is that shutout statistic. I mean, Nick, it's not easy for a goalkeeper to stand there and be bored most of the match, but then have to jump out a couple of times that he did and, and jump into action. But the fact that he now has seven clean sheets and nine appearances for Chelsea in all competitions, uh, this would be his fourth and five Premier League games, thanks to Opta Joe. Uh, I don't know if it's a lot of it is presence of a goalkeeper. And it, it helps the rest of the team. Because I don't think he really had to make too many saves. He only had one shot on goal in 90 minutes. <laughs> and I think yeah. that hit the framework and didn't go in. So he might... Or no, he... No, well, no the uh, shot on frame doesn't count. He got big. It was. Anyways, because um, I don't think if he saves it, if it's going out of bounds, it counts. Anyways, I digress. Overall, he didn't have much to do. But him being there is doing a lot for the team right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a job where they're like, man... 
I don't care what you do during the day, but as long as you get your work done, that's all that matters. You know, it's one of those jobs. And he's just like, yeah, okay, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just doing it. Um, th- there was not a whole lot for him to do yesterday. All right. Like, admittedly, <coughs> Newcastle did not bring a whole lot to the game offensively. Of course, they hit the woodwork. Of course, there were, there was the odd chance here or there. Of course, they had corners that, many had to go defend and catch easily but you know that this was a far easier game from him for him than sheffield was you know like this was you you kind of felt that for one nil you're like okay but i we should have five that's the only thing i'm upset about is we don't have five like he had eight shots total and they're if you look at the xg map they're just kind of all it's like peppered across the entire uh, 18 yard box. I mean, like this is, this was kind of PUD stuff, but to your point, there is no sense where, where we probably had this with Keppo last year, that Murphy's law is going to take over and everything that can go wrong will go wrong for Chelsea defensively. And so I think that like part of that is Dan, just like the mentality that like we've held clean sheets now, we're we're doing it regularly. It's not a fluke anymore when you do it this much. And teams have teams mentality changes when they play against us now. Whereas last year they're like, hey, we're good for three or four today, boys. Let's go get it, you know? It's definitely a sense of calm and serenity. You could you know, Chelsea probably has missed the mark on not getting a calm or a headspace, you know, uh, you know, sponsorship that they were able to tie in with Mendy being between the sticks or a clean sheet brought to you by Calm mm. and Chelsea because that's what we're offering this season for the de- the defense, the four defenders, you know, in in front, you know, our midfield and kind of in, in Conte, knowing that there is that peace of mind from someone who is going to rise to the occasion to come out and claim the cross to do everything that is required of them and again our perception of what you know we wanted to see had maybe altered a little bit from last season now now the challenge is going to be on shots that should be stoppable when we do go into a game like spurs next weekend when we most likely will face well more than eight shots well more than one shot on target how will he stand up? How will he do against much better, you know, much better strike force? And so I think he also has to feel really good, though, about the defenders in front of him continuing to elevate their game, about Reese James continuing to grow. I mean, he he had St. Maximin in his pocket. You know, he, he maybe got burned once, you know, in the entirety of the match. But, you know, that, that was the only attacking threat that that side had. And Reese basically snuffed him out on every single opportunity. Chilwell was getting very far forward, placing himself into the box. Rudiger comes back after, actually, I think a, a, a decent-ish, not entirely, but you know, getting a, a good amount of minutes at least with Germany to put himself back in contention with the side. And Zuma, Brandon, who just continues to, I think, level up his performances, particularly in the absence of Silva, it was a great, great day out. Zuma, it was was very involved in this one. Uh, kind of to your point, I think he realized that when Silva's not there, he does need to step into that leadership role, which is great because obviously Rudiger, you could say, is more experienced and established, you know, before this season. But he has grown into this role, and it's been fantastic. Squawka had him at 119 touches. 102 successful passes. That's so many passes. 96% pass accuracy. 49 passes in the opposition's half. He's a center back. What you doing up there, boss? 14 total duels contested. So he's throwing his body everywhere. 12 total aerial duels. Six clearances, four recoveries, one block, one foul, one. Rock solid at the back. He's just so involved. Um, I I know we always said he's one world-class defender away from being great. I think he's trying to show that he can be great without said world-class defender, but he'd gladly take one next to him because it just makes his job easier. <laughs> I think that I, look, I, I just, he's such a nice guy too. So it's easy to root for him and like him, 
But if you get down to just like the nitty gritty of his performances, if you're kind of like Lampard and his staff, Nick, I mean, if Zuma is above the 80% mark in your ultimate team, you're putting him in. You're just like, if you've got enough in the tank to play, you are playing. He He's a guy that like, when, when I do the eye test, uh, you know, he's easy to spot. He's not only is he big and physical, but his contributions are in the spotlight more often than not, right? Like he's either making an incredible head of defense or he's doing 50 step overs against Ajax last year. You know, he's, he's just very noticeable, you know, for he's a big guy. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's crucial moments that he's noticeable, right? Like him throwing his body around yesterday is pretty standard now 14 uh duels uh total duels contested is a lot it's a lot but uh, to me he he just has continued to pass set eye test this year he seems more in control he seems like he's not as stretched as maybe we were at times last year um for obvious reasons that's good these are all good things you know it's like you want to see a player grow and evolve and feel more confident in their abilities. And I'm sure the addition of Tiago Silva and Mendy and all these other pieces are helping a tremendous amount, but his, it's not like his performances have dropped as they've come into the team. He's gotten better. And, you know, where at times last year, you're like, Oh man, some of the mistakes were noticeable too. This is not the case right now. I think he he's had a couple like, clumsy challenges in the past two that have led to penalties i don't seem worried with him one-on-one defending in the box he just to your kind of point seems much more calm collected it comes with experience uh he knows when to dive when not to dive in um and it's been great i think it was weird grant DeSmit, who we had on the podcast um last season he said the last six starts of zoom and rudiger together in a back four two nothing liverpool clean sheet four nothing everton clean sheet one nothing lester clean sheet one nothing norwich clean sheet four nothing krasnador clean sheet two nothing newcastle clean sheet and obviously this goes back to last season I, I don't like to me it's not about zuma and rudiger being the partnership it comes back to zuma it just seems like you can pick zuma plus and you're probably gonna have a good statistical record last season was zuma and fick all right this season is probably also really good with him and silva Right when we went on like the five six match clean sheet run, it always comes back to to at least this season Zuma partially because he's always available, um, and partially because he's doing a good job. And I think it's just good to point that out um, and and say because I think you know if you had to make a change in the back line, you're like, well, he's probably our most sellable asset. And now you're like, there's no chance. Give him the contract extension. Like lock him down. Like we're well, good. I mean, like, beside Mendy, who else do you put on the the team sheet first? I mean, like, you could argue in Golo Conte, but that's, you know, we, we talked about, like, the managing of him earlier, so maybe he's not always first on the team sheet. You would think that Zuma is there or thereabouts, Dan, just, like, next to Mendy, 1A or 1B, right? He might finish the season with the – it's going to be tough. Um, the most Don't say something explained. you're going to regret. <laughs> no. do it do it it's the angel and devil on your shoulder do uh, it well no i mean he's he's probably up there for contention for for most minutes played and so it's very likely that you know he's he obviously a little younger than tiago silva and you know you're you're gonna only rotate so much defensively at this point now that you've started producing clean sheets and the pieces that you're going to most likely keep are the younger ones um you know obviously Chilwell gets a little bit of a, a rest you know so I had some of the the back spasms during international duty so Emerson comes on we haven't even talked about the fact that Alonso basically post West Brom is persona non grata and like all of these other things Tamori doesn't even make the bench you know Andres Christensen is the option there lots of weird things but a settle back four and clean sheets are absolutely another thing in this week of thanks to be thankful for. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and and start to wind this one down with the Dan of the match. Before we head into the the table as it exists, we're currently uh, 
in the middle of the Arsenal-Leeds match, just to give you some context. So this will also come out uh, before the Liverpool-Leicester match, which could have some effects on where we're at. So anyways, I'm stalling. I apologize, Dan. Dan of the match versus Newcastle. How'd it go? Well, no no surprise. Knocked it out of the park. This was an A-plus Dan of the match poll. Tammy Abraham, Reese James, Edouard Mendy, and N'Golo Conte were your four options. No surprise, N'Golo Conte running away with it. No look winning this one with... <laughs> 68% of the vote. Tammy Abraham in second place with 18%. Reese James with nine. Mendy with four. I do think you could have put Timo in there for the run. I think the first half of some of the misses, reason why I kind of shaded him out. But you know what? I respect people who would want, would have wanted him as an option, even though the only correct option was N'Golo Conte. For those who remember, you know, this is a long time ago. This used to be the weekly N'Golo Conte man of the match poll back in, in 2016, 17. Because you had to Bef- pull him out because he was yeah. just de facto man of the match every single week. <laughs> yeah. B- before before we move to the now regrettable Dan of the match, um, no, it is no. it is it is now, it used to be the N'Golo Gante man of the match and it hasn't been as consistent since then, but uh, that was a throwback reference for our, for our hardcore fans. You were the one asking for it to be called Dan of the Match to remove any liability from said <laughs> terrible options that you disagreed with being connected to you. Of all my uh, of all my regrettable puns, this is the one I'm most ashamed of. Is Dan of the Match? <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. Uh, I think Mendy was probably a bit generous of you because he didn't do much. Uh, uh, but so, you know, it should have been the crossbar. You know. <laughs> You didn't have Zuma in there. We just talked about Zuma for 15 minutes. But the shutout shutout is the top line stat, and shutout goes to goalkeeper and then defender. So I I get get how that works. All right, like we said, uh, table as it stands. uh, Absolute bollocks at the top with Tottenham uh, in first as it stands on 20 points. Chelsea second on 18 points. Uh, Leicester and Liverpool have yet to play each other in third and fourth, respectively, on 18 and 17 points. So obviously... Whoever wins that match, if there is a winner, um, will most likely go top of the table except Liverpool because they only have a goal difference of two. So Spurs will remain top. Uh, Southampton still sticking around. They have a, a, a match in hand as well. They're on 16 points. Everton sixth on 16 points. So if you scroll down the table a little bit, Man United at to 10th on 13 points. Arsenal, like I said, playing right now. Um, but they're way ahead of matches played. They're already on their 10th match played. The most of us are at 9. They're at 13 points. All right. Man City in 13th place after getting humbled or dismantled, however you want to put it, by Spurs, uh, on 12 points. And Newcastle, who we just played, is in 15th place on 11 points. They get the bottom. The bottom is a sad, sad place to be. Sheffield, one point. Burnley, only seven matches played, by the way. So they've got some catching up to do. They have two points. West Brom, three points. That's 18th, 19th, 20th right there. Fulham in 17th, just out of the zone in four points. The only reason I bring them up is because Ruben scored. And that's the only thing that they've got going for them. So anyways, that is the table. Um, No rest for this team. When we say we're back, we are full on back. We're playing Wren in the Champions League this upcoming Tuesday. So you'll hear from us Wednesday. So at least a Monday, Wednesday pod. Dan, we probably have more pods scheduled this week as well, don't we? Yeah, you know, Matt Law is going to be coming back. Has a amazing article, if you haven't read it yet. Antonio Conte speaking on his time at Chelsea. And you know what? There's probably some things that were left on the editorial floor that we need to pick up and dive into a little bit. So that's going to happen this week. And yeah, maybe we talk about the Spurs match. Maybe we do a little bit of a preview review. You know, that's going on too. I know it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of going. Nick, that's kind of been like the one we've circled in the last few weeks of like, hey, Chelsea are on a great run, but let's do it against a big team. Well, holy shit, Spurs are in first, so uh, we it'll be a big test on paper. Well, while they are not a big team, they are somehow they've tricked their way into first. So I think it's an important clarification that. Um, they are not a big team. It's uh, illusion, Michael. <laughs> honestly, I'm an, I'm annoyed. It looks like Mourinho's a bit back as far as the way he's setting up uh, just, his teams. Yeah, d- 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 I think objectively, though, City are trash. 
we have to put that out there. They are bad. I watched that entire match yesterday. They could have played that for another 90 minutes and not scored. Like it was, it was not, they are not what we anticipated them being. I thought they were going to win the league this year. I am a fool yet again uh, in predictions. It's ridiculous. If city were a year, they'd be 2020 Mm. because they are a Mm -hmm. flaming pile. (laughs) Of if if I also may, as we're talking about upcoming episodes, obviously we're gonna have a, a nice episode with Matt Law, I think, to drop on Thanksgiving, right? Is our Thanksgiving deal? Yeah. Or are we doing so. a mailbag? Well, we're we're live editing right here on the on the show. But um I would also throw back to our, our CJ Uzoma episode from Friday. Uh it's an evergreen episode. You don't have to listen to it in any particular order, but we had an NFL tight end come on the show. And wax poetic about Chelsea Football Club for 55 minutes. And then we, at the end, wanted to come back again and wanted to go watch a match in London with us. That's how good that interview went. And we think that, like, I don't know, genuinely, I think he his personality was just amazing throughout this entire thing. Uh, clearly loves the club. Watches on trainers' iPads during practice breaks. Like th- there's some commitment rolling with this guy. You guys, I really listen. enjoyed when he talked about how he got in trouble for using his iPad in college in <laughs> class for watching Chelsea matches. Yeah, his 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 team issued iPad. Yeah. So go uh, listen to that. It was awesome. We had a blast doing it. It's one of my favorite episodes we've done. Yeah, CJ is a is a genuine fan. You don't have to worry about him being kind of a, a oh this looks fun. I'm going to jump on. Uh, he recanted his 2012 Champions League experience, which is is always great to hear. So, uh, but yeah, that's going to wrap us up. Chelsea fans, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, connect with us, engage social media, Discord, uh, however you want to do it. Uh, Dan and Nick, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Um, but I think it's going to wrap us up. We're, we're back in the saddle. The, the games are coming thick and fast, so we've got a lot to do. We will be here for you throughout it all. Um, so anyways, that's going to wrap us up. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>